Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Here's a question you might ponder as I begin my homily this morning. Do you know the shepherd? Do you know the shepherd? Of the 150 expressions that we call the Psalms, there are definitely some heavy hitters. Regardless of your age or your background or your faith experience, it's quite possible that many of you know many of the Psalms. In fact, you might even have one or two memorized. The classics like Psalm 139, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Or Psalm 42, as a deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. A friend of mine here at St. James just shared last weekend that whenever a storm approaches, she and her beloved husband always recite Psalm 91, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Now, I'm actually not here this morning to ponder a litany of the oldies but goodies psalms, all of which could be familiar and deeply loved by many of us. But I am here to confirm with you that of those 150 psalms in the Old Testament, the most famous of all of them is undoubtedly Psalm, which number? 23. That's right. For more than 3,000 years, the words of the 23rd Psalm have brought real comfort and provided to generation after generation a solid foundation for faith. Psalm 23 is so manageable that children can easily access its goodness, but it's so intricate that scholars can ponder it for a lifetime. So with that in mind, I invite you to join me now, just for a few moments. Let's take a stroll through Psalm 23, as I do my best to reveal that this psalm, our old friend, is really quite misunderstood. Here's a fun fact, by the way. If you do happen to Google the top 10 most popular scriptures ever, Psalm 23 usually shows up around number 3 or number 4, which shouldn't surprise any of us because, again, regardless of our age or background or perspective or experience, we've most often heard the 23rd Psalm read at least once at which event? A funeral. Yes. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This psalm is often known as the funeral psalm. However, I would say to you today that this psalm actually has much more to do with life than with death. Psalm 23 is also known as the shepherd's psalm. And again, I would submit that there's a lot more to this psalm than that title as well. I do want to stay with that theme for just a few moments this morning. I know it's not lost on any of you that our scripture readings today concentrate on the idea of the shepherd our gospel that Rhonda read, Mark 6, verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Do you have a picture perhaps in your mind of what sheep without a shepherd might look like? As my daughter Ella Catherine might say, sheesh, dad, it ain't good. But if I use the adjective dumb, some of you might take offense in a moment with my sermon. So for now, I'll just say that sheep have their limitations. <laughs> sheep without a shepherd actually will die. Sheep do not take good care of themselves. They don't feed themselves well. They don't groom themselves or each other well. 
They're aimless when they wander, and they require more attention than any other animal in all of the livestock. And do you know that there are more than 200 references in scripture comparing sheep to you and me, to humanity? Do you think that's an accident? Although I hate to admit it on our behalf, I kind of figure that sheep are actually a pretty good analogy for humanity, but importantly, so is referencing Jesus Christ as our shepherd. I don't think I'm going out on too much of a limb here to bet that none of us have ever been a shepherd, or any of us even know someone who has put shepherd on their resume. It's not an occupation that's common to this beautiful part of the world that we live in, and especially in our modern times. But David? David, who was born in Bethlehem a thousand years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, David was a shepherd. And David wrote this psalm, and David knew exactly what he was talking about firsthand. He knew that sheep are only as good as the one caring for them. Sheep are only as good as the one caring for them. So let's look with David's eyes at that first line again. The Lord is my shepherd. Did you notice he uses the possessive there? My shepherd? Mine? He's like a little child who's beaming and saying, hey, look who my dad is, who my shepherd is. He's proud. He's boasting a bit. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, of course, but Jesus also calls himself something else. There's a whole passage about this in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 7, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am also the gate for the sheep, which is a little confusing until you let me tell you about the sheep pens of old. They were round. They were low. It turns out sheep don't really jump. And I promise with this one that I'm not pulling the wool over your eyes. <laughs> That's a dad joke. <laughs> the pens only had to be about this high, hippish tall, but the opening was just that. It was a five-foot hole in the pen because the shepherd was the gate. The shepherd would get all the sheep in at night, and then the shepherd would lay down across the entrance to the pen, and no sheep would get out without the shepherd knowing. And importantly, nothing else of danger would get in. It turns out the good shepherd was also the gate and literally laid out his life for the sheep. It seems to me that Jesus is spelling out pretty well what's coming up for him in his earthly life. So, like David, we can now have the bragging rights to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, the second part of that verse gets a little trickier. I shall not want. I shall not want? Never? That's a really hard thing to say with honesty in our hearts, isn't it? But I hope you will be able to search your hearts for just a moment and agree that contentment, that bliss of not wanting, comes from whom we have, not from what we have. And my friends, whom we have is Christ. And if the Lord is indeed our shepherd, we can declare firmly and confidently this morning, I shall not want we shall not want, because the Lord, our shepherd, gives us direction. He leads us beside still waters. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He restores our soul, and beautifully, he guides us in the path everlasting. Now, at this point, you might not be surprised to know that sheep are also terrible navigators. Birds can navigate around the world and back to the same spot from where they started from. Fish can do the same. 
How many stories have you heard of that dog or that poor cat that was accidentally left at the road stop or at, uh, uh, at the hotel and then somehow found their way back home hundreds of miles away? Sheep? Forget it. <laughs> Sheep need guidance. They need direction. Thankfully, our shepherd gives us guidance. Our shepherd gives us direction, everything we need, and it's actually something we can hold in our laps. In our two hands, we can actually turn the pages to find more direction. It happens to be the best guidebook we know. It's scripture. Now here comes the really great part. Today we also hear that those still waters, those green pastures are not all that there is in store for us. We are on a path and we are led and there are amazing mountaintop experiences that we all know that give us those warm and fuzzy feelings and they are wonderful but in verse 4, we're reminded that they're not our constant companions. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Today, Psalm 23 reminds us that even in the valleys, God is with us. Did you know that shepherds often drive their sheep into ravines and deep valleys? And the sheep hate it? It turns out that sheep also have terrible eyesight. And when it gets shadowy and dark, sheep tend to freak out, to get anxious. When it gets shadowy and dark, they get anxious. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? Does that ring a bell? Sheesh. But even when it's cooler, even when there's refreshing water at the bottom, even with the safety of the ravine walls around them, the sheep are skittish. Those valleys are super important, my friends. Even though we love our mountaintops, we tend to experience God most fully in the valleys because we are never, ever left alone in them. And importantly, we're walking through them. We are walking through the valley. It's not an accident that the word through is there. God doesn't leave us in the valley. He's present. His rod, his staff, they comfort us. That table is prepared even in the presence of enemies. And the way out is always through. We're never alone. In Hebrew, the words used in verse 4 for shadow of death are truly translated as gloom and calamity. So, even though we walk through the valley of gloom and calamity, which we all do, our God is with us. Well then, we're here already at the end of the psalm. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The great theologian Charles Spurgeon once wrote, death is not the house, it's only the porch. My friends, you and I, we are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To me, that sounds an awful lot like life. So here's an idea. Let's read the world's most famous psalm again. Let's read it with thoughts about life. And importantly, let's read it with thoughts about Jesus Christ, our shepherd, my shepherd, your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.